When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey there, my name's Michael Laminato and this is Race Day at the 2023 Abu Dhabi Grand Prix on Pit Pass F1. Pit Pass F1 is brought to you by Evergreen Podcasts. And on today's episode, Max Verstappen wins his 19th race of the season, capping off one of the most dominant campaigns in Formula 1 history from the top step of the podium. But the battle for second and third was a far more complicated three-way fight between Charles Leclerc, George Russell and Sergio Perez, and had big money implications for second in the Constructors' Championship. And the long-serving Franz Tost retires from the helm of the soon-to-be-renamed Alpha Tauri squad, and though the team couldn't quite pinch seventh on the title table, its improved form late in the year offers hope to the Red Bull sister team for 2024. So for the final time this year, let's hear now from your host wrapping up the season finale. It's Chris Medlin. Okay, everybody, are we ready for this? It's going to be emotional. It's the final episode of the season. The final race is done and dusted here in Abu Dhabi. And once again, Max Verstappen has won it. Quite a remarkable season from Verstappen, it must be said. It's easy to kind of overlook what he's achieved. Some people will view it as boring, but uh, the stats speak for themselves. He's won 19 of the 22 races this year, been on the podium in 21 of the 22. Uh, He finished fifth in Singapore. That's the only time he wasn't second uh, in the other two. And then one, of course, uh, all other 19 of those then he scored a pretty remarkable return of 575 points from a maximum of 620 so he only dropped 45 points this season that includes the sprint races the extra point for fastest lap he actually led a thousand and three laps out of a maximum of 1383 so again a remarkable statistic won the title in the end by 290 points uh, and it was identified that he could have stopped racing ahead of the summer break so after the Belgian Grand Prix back in July uh, that would have been enough points for Verstappen to be world champion obviously at the time we didn't know that uh, and then if you take him out of the results it would all change but um, yeah that was the the number of points he had there were enough to be world champion this season so quite remarkable stuff uh, and really really impressive uh, from Verstappen but it wasn't where most of the focus was today obviously uh, the fight for the win normally gets it but Verstappen didn't really have a huge amount to deal with he needed to hold off Charles Leclerc in the early laps Leclerc did attack on uh, three occasions I'd say on the first lap he, he should really have had the lead at turn one but Verstappen held on around the outside uh, and then later twice Leclerc attacked but then admitted he had to kind of give it up once he hadn't got past at that stage he needed to look after his tyres and that's because he was in a fight with George Russell uh, in the big battle between Ferrari and Mercedes for second in the Constructors' Championship. Now, it was advantage Ferrari. Leclerc starting from second place. 
Russell was starting further back and did lose out to Lando Norris off the line. So Russell went back to fifth early on. And at that stage, you're thinking, OK, uh, this is coming towards Ferrari. They've got a really good chance here. Uh, Lewis Hamilton was struggling at the lower end of the points as well. So uh, it was all shaping up quite nicely for Ferrari. But as the race evolved, Russell climbed his way through. Pace was pretty good, actually, from Russell and Mercedes today compared to some of the uh, struggles they've had. It seems to be that most teams, aside from Red Bull and McLaren, Ferrari, Aston Martin and Mercedes tend to get one car working well and the other driver struggling. Uh, and this occasion, it was uh, Leclerc that was going well for Ferrari. Carlos Sainz was not and failed to score a point. Uh, and then at Mercedes, it was George Russell who was strong and Lewis Hamilton who was not. Uh, and he actually limped home ninth. But Mercedes did get it done in the end. Uh, Russell finished third uh, and he was helped slightly by Sergio Perez. Now, Perez came through the field and looked strong. But when he was overtaking Lando Norris, uh, they collided at turn six, which is the chicane at the end of the long straight uh, halfway through the lap. And basically, Perez dived to the inside, went for the move. All fine at that stage, but he was going in a bit hot. And then he nearly lost the rear, so he had to adjust the car. And that meant he drifted further wide. And as Norris turned in, uh, Perez wasn't turning in, so contact happened. Uh, And although Norris actually then cut the corner and stayed ahead, uh, he did lose out the next lap. And the stewards gave Perez a five-second time penalty. And that actually changed the complexion of the race at that point because it looked like he might close in and overtake George Russell for third. That would have dropped Russell back far enough that the points difference between him and Leclerc in second would have meant Ferrari would finish ahead of Mercedes in the Constructors' Championship. But with Perez having his penalty, Perez then needed to pass Russell and pull five seconds clear. and He just didn't have the time to do it. So Leclerc tried to get involved. This was quite fascinating, actually. It all played out very late. But Leclerc decided he was going to slow down to give DRS to Perez, let Perez overtake him uh, and hopefully in that case with a quicker lap pull far enough ahead of Russell to be five seconds clear but then Leclerc himself even though he would have given up the position would stay within the five seconds of Perez he'd need to be classified ahead of him at the chequered flag therefore Perez would drop down to third in the order uh, and that would have split Leclerc from Russell again in the end uh, he tried that tactic but it, it was on the final lap and although Perez did a good lap he was still not five seconds clear of Russell. Russell ended up taking the place uh, from Perez by 1.1 seconds. So that was just enough for Mercedes to hold on. Toto Wolf was relieved and happy. He kind of said, we won today, uh, but it reminds us that we lost overall in the fight for first place. And that's where, where we really want to be. But even though Mercedes has not been too happy with this year's car, Wolf says he doesn't want to put it in the bin. He wants it to be a reminder that it's these tough years and these errors they make that will make the successes all the sweeter. So uh, expect Mercedes to come back fighting next year. Uh, Wolf promised fans they do everything possible to try and close the gap to Red Bull over the winter. Uh, And I guess they have the the best resources now to do that with the extra money from finishing second. Uh, And they just got it done in terms of the fight with Ferrari too. So uh, a bit of momentum there for Mercedes to try and use uh, as they look to turn things around in 2024. Now, for fourth place in the Constructors' Championship, it was actually a a pretty simple evening in the end. Uh, There was maybe a bit more on the table for McLaren in terms of the outright result. Lando Norris made a good start, uh, got up to fourth head of George Russell, then passed his teammate Oscar Piastri for third and looked quick enough to challenge Charles Leclerc. And I thought if he could get ahead of Leclerc in the early stages, he might have been able to put pressure on Max Verstappen. 
In the end, that didn't happen. Uh, Leclerc had enough pace to keep him at bay and slowly everyone spread out. Uh, and Norris started to shuffle back slightly. He came in for his pit stop uh, ahead of George Russell, but had a slow first stop of over five seconds. His left rear tyre didn't go on cleanly. So Russell then emerged from the pits ahead of him. Uh, and from there on, he didn't quite have the pace advantage to turn that round. So uh, Norris slipped back to fifth in the end with Sergio Perez coming through. But fifth and sixth for McLaren was more than enough. Uh, they had an 11-point advantage over Aston Martin anyway. Uh, simply by finishing in those positions, they limit what Aston Martin could have scored. So the, the best result Aston Martin could have had from 7th and 8th in the race is 10 points. So based on that, Aston Martin were unable to leapfrog McLaren anyway. As it ended, Fernando Alonso went on to finish 7th. Lance Stroll did pick up a point in 10th, uh, but it just wasn't enough to, to keep that fight alive. And McLaren had them covered pretty well. The battle for 7th place, though, was nervy at times, with Yuki Tsunoda leading a number of laps, actually, at the end of the first stint, having run long on the medium tyre. He was going for a one-stop strategy, uh, and he did go on to score points. Uh, The one-stopper meant that he did slip back as the race went on, and from certain points, when Alex Albon was asking Williams, how are we doing, what shape are we in, where's Yuki, how's this playing out right now, and he's being told he's, he's near the sharp end, he's on for big points. And at that stage, he's thinking, oh, you know, there's nothing we can do and AlphaTauri are going to overtake Williams. But uh, yeah, Sonoda slipped back to eighth at the chequered flag and the four points he got for that were not enough to overhaul Williams. Now, Williams did try to disrupt AlphaTauri's race. Uh, Logan Sargent was explaining how his job was to defend from Daniel Ricciardo before making a later pit stop. They could have brought Sargent in to protect his position uh, to try and get the best result from the race itself. But that wasn't the target. The target was just to beat AlphaTauri or stop AlphaTauri scoring seven more points to move ahead of Williams in the Constructors' Championship. So uh, Sargent was left out longer and it meant Ricardo had to fight his way by. Uh, they had a good scrap going back and forth using the two DRS zones. So they got two long straights punctured by a chicane in the middle uh, and with two DRS activation zones. So uh, one driver can get the DRS and make an overtake on the first straight, but then the other driver will get it and will be able to respond on the second. In the end, Ricardo got it done with a nice move around the outside of turn nine, but he could only get himself up to 11th place, so failed to add to the points that Sonoda scored, and therefore AlphaTauri fell just three points short uh, of catching Williams for seventh. And that was all at Franz Tost's final race as team principal. Tost will retire at the end of the season. Uh, he's been with the team since it was born, basically, as Toro Rosso, when they took over the former Minardi team back in the mid-2000s. So uh, a real legend of the sport in that sense. He's been around a long time. Um, it does feel like it's about the right time for a shake-up at AlphaTauri and a fresh start, but Tost got a lovely send-off. Sonoda had a, a special tribute helmet with a picture of the two of them cuddling on the top of it uh, and the message, Servus Franz, which means thank you, Franz, in German. Uh, so that was really nice to see as well. But it was just a bit of a shame for Tost that the final result wasn't exactly what he was targeting, but he can still be proud of the turnaround from AlphaTauri because this was a team that was nowhere comfortably the... 10th team in the championship slowest of all 10 uh, until they upgraded their car later in the season and then really came on strong so uh, a good finish to the year for AlphaTauri even if they had to settle for eighth now it must be said as part of that as well Logan Sargent I said about uh, fighting Daniel Ricciardo he did a very solid job uh, and after what I said yesterday about the pressure on him with the unknowns about his position uh, he did all that could really be asked of him and I think Williams were pretty pleased with the job he did too but Sargent feels like he's kind of done all he can uh, in terms of putting in the performances, answering the questions that have been asked. And now he's just got to wait and see if Williams will pick up an option on his contract. 
Now, as I said, it's the final race of the season, but we're not done for the season yet in terms of track action because there's going to be a post-season test here in Abu Dhabi on Tuesday. Now, teams can run two cars, one for a rookie driver and one for tyre testing, which means the majority of race drivers will be involved. Uh, A number of teams are splitting half a day with each race driver because it gives them a real feel for next year's tyres and they they get a bit of data on that and a bit of knowledge and experience uh, with a car they know well so they can sort of benchmark the differences from the race weekend and last year's tyres or the 2023 tyres and what they're going to be using in 2024. Uh, The majority of the FP1 drivers from last weekend are also getting a rookie outing as well. So lots of young talents to keep an eye on. So there's there's still a little bit of action to go before we uh, put these cars to bed for the 2023 season. That was Chris Medland, who was in the F1 paddock all weekend, bringing us the latest from the Abu Dhabi Grand Prix. If you want to hear more from Chris, you can find him on social media. Just check the links in the show description. And that's all for 2023 for Formula One and for us at Pit Pass F1. Thanks very much to all of our hosts, Chris Medland, Julianne Serasoli and Luke Smith, for bringing us their insight from the paddock every weekend, peeling back the curtain on the big stories inside the sport beyond the headline results. And thanks to you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our on-the-ground coverage of a record-breaking year. And if you did, you can subscribe to Pit Pass F1 wherever you get your favourite podcasts and you can leave us a rating and a review. After all, the clock is already ticking down to pre-season testing and the first race of 2024 in Bahrain. It'll be here before you know it. My name's Michael Laminato. Pit Pass F1 is an evergreen podcast. Hi, listeners. We wanted to take a moment to tell you about another podcast from Evergreen Podcasts and Sound Talent Media called Pit Lane Parlay. Pit Lane Parlay is the go-to podcast for IndyCar and motorsports-related news. Each episode, we discuss things like our favorite drivers, news clips from the last week, and generally giving each other a hard time about predictions we've made in the past and or life stories that have come up recently. We really have a lot of fun with it and really enjoy each other's company, and we hope you can come join us too. Join Pit Lane Parlay by following us on your favorite podcast today.